Welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. This episode is for the parents and youth hockey parents, especially as at the Hockey Think Tank, we have come out with a product called the Parent Survival Guide. And the Parent Survival Guide is for all youth hockey parents, and we guarantee it will make the crazy youth hockey process a little bit easier for you and your family. And what we have done is we have broken it down into a bunch of different topics uh, from everything from choosing a team to the importance of playing multiple sports all the way to the higher level elite type athletes who are looking to play college hockey, where we talk about junior hockey and advisors and the college hockey recruiting process and things like that. So Jeff and I today, we're going to talk a little bit about each of the things that will be on the parent survival guide. And again, you can go to the hockeythinktank.com. There's a little tab where you can click parents and it'll take you right to it. And it's just a course that you can take where it'll just walk you through the importance and uh, just how amazing it can be, but also it'll give you some great steps on how to make the youth process easier for you and your family. So Vex, what do you say? Shall we talk a little parent survival here on the youth hockey podcast today? Good, bro. You ready to go? Let's do it. How was your day actually? <laughs> you know what? I had some annoying stuff happen, but I like to turn my frown upside down by uh, making myself better in the gym. So for me, exercise is all like going and lifting has always helped me. Bad game, bad day, something bad in a relationship, whatever. Like, you know, today I just had some annoying stuff happen. I talked to you. I talked to Nerado, our buddy who's been on the podcast multiple times. That made that cheered me up, gave me some laughs, went right into the gym, banged it out, left the gym like, like nothing ever happened. So, uh, you know, like I said, I turned my frown upside down, turned it into a good day. So yeah, I'm happy now. Love it. Love it. Well, I I can tell you that typically when we do this podcast, that's like the best part of my week. I really enjoy doing this podcast. It's so nice. (laughs) No, dude, I'm right there with you. It always, always makes me happy. No matter if it's just you and I, we got a sick guest on, which we always do um yeah always puts me in a good mood yeah it's one of those things where when you get to have a conversation like a lot of times during the day especially as a youth hockey director and I mean this is very relevant to what we're talking about today but a lot of times just the conversations you have it's a lot of negativity so people are coming to you with issues and complaining and problems and and all of this kind of stuff and then you know it just kind of drains like when you're around negativity it just it's mentally draining And so that's why like, it's so important. We talk about it so much, the importance of surrounding yourself with good people, like surrounding yourself with people that provide you energy and and people who are solutions oriented. Like that's one thing that I'm really starting to realize that really like pees me. And I try to stay away from people who just talk about problems, right? Like, no, okay, that's the problem. Let's fix it. Let's brainstorm. Let's get creative. Let's, if we have to think outside the box, let's do it. Like, like stop coming to me with problems start coming to me with ideas of how we can solve problems. You know, you literally just hit the nail on the head of my day in the last week in my life. Just 
somebody's just coming to me with problems. And I'm like, dude, like, let's come up with solutions. And at first, obviously, I was resistant to change. I slept on it. And then I was like, all right, we're going to do this. And it's just like more problem, more problem, more problem. Like, all right, dude, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I don't, I try not to see problems. Like you said, try and pivot, try and find a solution, find a way out, find a way to get better. Like just glass half empty. I don't do that. And I don't like to be around that whatsoever. And I don't have to be anymore. So I won't put myself in that situation anymore. <laughs> yeah. Sir. No, it's, it is what it, I mean, it's like, again, it just goes back to it. And we say it all the time, just the people you surround yourself with are so, so important. And that's a huge theme of this parent survival guide that we have is like having the right people in your corner, people who are going to tell you the truth and be honest with you, surrounding yourself with people that are going to challenge you, making you better, but provide your perspective, which we talk about a lot too. So um, being, being a hockey parent is a difficult thing. Um, number one, the hockey world is changing so much. I mean, imagine how different is it now as a 16 year old than when we were 16 year olds, almost 20 years ago. I mean, it's a long time ago now. <laughs> I know you girls, um, but I even look at it like when I was recruiting at Cornell, we would talk to quite a few 16 year olds, 17 year olds, 18 year olds, and how different it is even now, five years after me being there and, and recruiting and the landscape is, is always changing. Um, and the other thing is that parents and kids, there are so many people and entities trying to provide these people information that it's like information overload and they're being told to do 93 different things. And the, you know, all 93 different things are different about how your kid is going to reach his goal or achieve his dream or whatever it may be. And I think what people need to understand is like, it's actually a lot more simple than what you're being led to believe <laughs> having a good experience in youth hockey and putting yourself in a situation if you're a kid or a parent putting your kid in a situation where they're going to be able to be on a path to achieve their dreams it's a lot more simple than what people kind of are sold and so that's a huge reason why we wanted to do this parent survival guide is just to give a lot of perspective to any family that's involved in the youth hockey process, whether you're doing it because your kid just loves to play and maybe they're going to max out in house league or double a, or whether your kid has really big dreams and aspirations of playing junior college professional hockey. I just think we wanted to provide a service for people where we can give them perspective and put them on a path where they can understand the process a little bit more and they can, at the end of the day, enjoy their youth hockey experience because that is what it's all about. Love that. Love that, man. I know so many people that need to read this thing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> As we all do, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fun. So you well, let's get right into it. What do you think? Um, okay. So just a little bit of an introduction. So this parent survival guide is broken down into 12 different topics. And each topic has a little bit of a video. And it also has um, other little clips and snippets, whether it's from like our podcast or whether it's from our hockey think tank conferences and some videos or little graphics that we've been given by certain people. Uh, and, and we'll go through those. So there's a video where I take you know, I take the parents through a bunch of different things. And then we also have these other resources that we give them to provide them even more perspective as well. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is 
I think this is huge. And it's a question that I get a ton. And, and a lot of these topics are derived from questions that we get on the podcast and questions that I get and used to get all the time as a, as a college hockey coach. So this is predicated on you. Like I asked and I put on social media, like as a parent, what is it that you want to know? What is it that, that stresses you out? What is it that would, would help uh, in your process to, to guide your kid through their youth hockey journey? So all of these um, are from based upon feedback from what I've gotten from, from you guys, the parents. Uh, so one of the biggest ones and, and one of the most important ones in, in, my, um, you know, in my experience in the youth hockey scene is choosing a team people are always asking like, what should I do in choosing a team for my kid? And so uh, we go through this a ton, but I'll, I'll get it over to you. When you are thinking about giving information or providing advice to people and choosing a, a hockey team for their kid, what do you think is really important? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors, a lot of variables that go into that, but to break it down simply across all age groups, probably like who's coaching the team and what are you going to get from that coach, that team? Like, are you going to be the the 13th forward or are you, you know, no one can tell you what your position is going to be on a team, but like, are you clearly the last picked forward or are you going to get more playing time? Are you going to have the ability to grow and be better at the end of the season than you are at the beginning with this coach, with this opportunity, with this team, um, your practice schedule, is there off ice training, basically like who's the coach and what is the ability for you to grow is probably the two. If I was going to break it down to every age level. Yeah. It's coaching and opportunity. I think when you break it down, like the coach is, and the coach is going to make you a better hockey player. But I mean, we can all think about youth coaches that we've had some very positive, some not so much (laughs) like coaches have big impact on kids. So who is the coach and and how are they going to treat the kid? And, and I, one of the things that we talk about is do your research as a parent, do your research in researching these organizations and coaches. Don't just look at my hockey rankings and say, Oh, like, this team is number 27 in the country or number 13 in the country or whatever. And just assume that that is what's best for your kid because it's not, you know, talk to other people. If you can go to a clinic or go to a skate with that coach and see how they run a practice, right? Your kid is probably going to have 80 to 90 practices. If you're a triple a player with this coach, that's a lot of practices. And if that coach can run a good practice, think about how much better your kid is going to get that's 80 to 90 hours or a hundred hours if you're doing more than hour practices. Right. So do your research, talk to people. And then one of the other things that we talk about is just a lot of misconceptions about choosing teams. And some of the misconceptions that we talk about is like, my kid has to be on an all-star team in squirts or peewees or bantams. My kid has to leave home at 12 years old to go billet and play with the best team. My kid has to play an age group up for him to get exposure and for him to get recruited or whatever at the older ages. It's like, no, that's actually not the case. So we walk you through just some of those common misconceptions. We walk you through the research that you should do, uh, what questions you should ask, who, who are the people that you should talk to? Because at the end of the day, like, I don't know if there is a bigger decision for a parent to make than who is this coach that is going to coach my son or daughter. 
I think for me, that's like, that is, if you're boiling all of this down to it, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, these are, it's funny. Like I'm sure you've dealt with this too. I have kids come to me all the time or, or, you know, not teenagers, 20 year olds, whatever. And then I'll talk to their parents, you know, a month down the road. And they're like, you're literally saying the exact same things I am. But for some reason, my kid is listening to you when you say eat your vegetables or go to bed early or get to the rink earlier and work harder. Like they're like, you're saying the exact same thing. But so what I'm trying to get at here is for the parents listening, like your kid is going to listen to that coach for sometimes more than they're going to listen to you because you're the same voice, whatever, whatever their coach or somebody they're looking up to in a different way. So you want to definitely make sure you have a good role model, someone who knows what they're doing, someone who cares about the person, not just the player, um, because they are going to take what they say literally and, and figuratively and in all different ways where, you know, you're not going to be able to reach them. So it's, it's definitely a, an important voice and you want to know who that voice, who, who it's coming from. Yeah. Totally. I got a funny story about coaching actually. So I was talking to my players. Uh, so I coach an 18 UT and I was talking to them before practice today. And like I told them, I think as a coach, I've kind of, I've kind of slacked a little bit on the little detail things that are really important in practice. So like one of the things that i like, I make our kids do is they have to stop at the net, like in the first couple drills that we do. And then the next whistle, they have to sprint back to their line. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, we can condition by bag skating or we can condition by getting something out of doing things with the drills. Like, you know, so I was like, I've been a little lax. So I asked him, I said, Hey guys, do you want me to be hard or do you want me to be a pushover? Which one do you want? <laughs> and they were like, we want you to be hard coach. And I was like, awesome. All right. So now when I'm hard, when I'm getting on you in practice, is it personal? They're like, no, 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 do it. We want you to do it. We want you to do it. I have such an awesome group of kids this year. It's unreal, man. And uh, like, they want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. And you can already see the growth in like the kids individually and then ourselves as a team because of it. And uh, I don't know, just a kind of a tangent, but like at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is so important. Like, again, like we can go back and there have been coaches that we've had that I've had coaches that have made me want to quit hockey. And as much as I love hockey and I've had coaches that made me want to come to the rink and strap on the skates every single day, like coaching is everything on the ice, off the ice, like your, your mental fitness, your physical fitness, your hockey fitness, all that kind of stuff. The coach is the most important thing. So we walk you through, uh, looking for the right coach, what you want to look for in them. We take you through the research that you should do, like we said, and the misconceptions. So I just think choosing a team, choosing a coach, so, so important. It's a huge part of this parent survival guide. 100%. Man, do I love what you just said? Like telling the kids, saying that to the kids, like you want me to be hard on you? Like, and why do you want me to be hard on you? Cause it's going to make you better. And it's not personal. Like then they know when you get up their butt, when you get up in their face, it's for their benefit, as opposed to a coach who doesn't say that and just gets in their face and is just yelling at them or whatever. But if you tell them why you're doing it first, kids are like, yeah, I get it. I got it. Okay, you're doing this for my benefit. It's like it takes you five seconds. But so many coaches don't do that. And maybe their intentions are good, but they start yelling and kids just a lot of them just shut down. Yeah. Even teenagers, even pros. So like, I love what you just said that. I just think that was a really good uh, coaching tool for the coaches to hear. Like that Thanks, is man. so massively important for a coach to do to start the year. I'm going to get on you guys. 
but it is for you. It's not for me. I don't want to yell. If I do, it's because I want to make you better and help you. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. And the other thing is like, they have to want to be coached hard too, which is awesome about coaching this group that I have. And the, what's your why part of it? We'll actually get to that. Cause that's one of the topics in our parent survival guide, but I've started to do a lot of that, even at the whiteboard, like drawing up drills and stuff. Like every time I draw up a drill, it's okay. We're doing this drill because you're doing this skill in this drill because you know, like you have to get up on your gap if you're a defenseman or you want to get to the middle of the ice is like whatever it may be like every drill, there's a purpose to it. And so I think explaining that purpose succinctly and short, not, not giving a soliloquy and spending eight minutes on a drill, drawing it up. Oh, time out. What was that a real word you just used? Did you just say soliloquy? What, what is that? Wait, that's a Cornell word. What is that? <laughs> Some kind of poetry thing. I don't know. Dude, is that a real word? Is that it is, yeah. Soliloquy. Yeah. Yeah. It's Can like you define this, please. I need to put this uh, in my vocab. It's I can't. It's it's poetry. Some something that has to do with poetry. Oh, sick. I'm English slash language arts okay, <laughs> in cool, sixth man. grade. <laughs> All right, make me smarter. All right. Continue with the Borfil. I, I would make you smarter if I knew actually what it was and I didn't just use a <laughs> word that I don't know. But I know it has to do with like I don't know. Okay. okay. Anyways, we're moving on. So the next thing that we're going to talk about, um, and so I think this is a huge one for parents, and that's parent-coach communication and how to approach a coach when you think it's important to approach a coach. Um, I think the first thing that is really, really important is your kid should be talking to the coach before you. <laughs> That is massive. And we talk a lot about that. We talk about why that is important. Uh, But what else do you think, put the ball in your court here, what else do you think is important when it comes to being a parent and just the right way to go about talking to the coach if there's an issue? Well, I think first and foremost, the coach should set those ground rules to start the year. Um, So like, it's always great to have a coach that, that is saying that. Um, at tryouts, after tryouts, when the team is picked, things like that. Like a coach that does that, it's definitely better off because you know that they're already thinking about it because you know it's coming. Like people are going to want to talk to them. Um, but uh, know what's okay. I mean, it's not like nothing's okay to talk about, but know what's like acceptable to talk about with with your coach uh, and what's not as a parent. Like usually playing time is not, if you're like, why isn't he playing more? Like that's, it's not something a coach wants to get, you know, 15 emails every weekend about, Um, but you know, what, what can Johnny do to help the team better? What can Johnny do in in his spare time to be a better hockey player? Is there anything Johnny can do to do this? Is there anything I can do to help get your messages across as a coach that I can help Johnny do what you're asking him? Like, kind of things like that instead of going immediately going the opposite way and being like, well, why, why isn't Johnny like going on the defensive, you know, because you know, your kid in a few years is going to be working for somebody or he's going to have his own business. And what are you going to talk to his boss for him? Are you going to, are you going to go into the meetings with him? Like, no, he's got to learn these things. Yeah, man. I, I, so I, I, I get like, I look at my experience as a college coach a lot when we talk about things like this. And there was a very real correlation of the kids who had the ability to walk in the coach's office and advocate for themselves and confidence off the ice and on the ice. 
like the, the kids who had the confidence to come in and talk to us about whatever it was, they like that confidence translated and it, there was a correlation between that confidence and their confidence in themselves on the ice, even as a hockey player. Right. And, and I think that's learned. I think that's something that can be learned by, you know, starting and, and, and going and having conversations that might be a little bit uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable to go in and talk to a coach if you have an issue with that coach. And so I think the younger that kids can learn to develop, let's call it that skill. I think the more confident they will become in themselves because they'll be able to advocate for themselves and they'll learn how to problem solve and they'll learn to, you know, be told something that maybe they don't agree with, but have to deal with it anyway, <laughs> you know? So I, I just think that the, the, the kid having the initial conversation, it's interesting that we're even talking about this because I just did parent meetings with all of the teams in my organization uh, just this week, actually. And so we have a team that's a 2010 team. So these kids are, you know, 10, 11 years old. And so I talked to, and, and the coach is awesome. This guy's named Timmy Marks. He played at uh, Clarkson, like no nonsense kind of guy. And so I was talking to the parents about this and being like, Hey, your kids should be the one talking to the coach if there's a hockey issue. And I'm like, wait a second, they're 10. Like, wh like, what do you guys think? Do you guys think like, is that too young for that to happen? And all of the parents and the coach were like, absolutely not. My kid needs to go in. And the coach is like, absolutely not. The kid needs to come in and talk to me if there's a hockey issue. So I just think it's, it's such a life skill, like you're saying, to have because you're going to have a boss or a manager or whatever for your whole life, <laughs> unless you're working for yourself. So just make sure the kids are having that initial conversation and apparently even as early as 10, 11 years old. Yeah, I mean, remember why, what is your why? Why did you put your kid in hockey when they were younger? to have fun, to exercise, to learn all these life skills that are going to make them a better citizen, a better human, a better person, a better brother, teammate, husband, whatever. So like you just cutting their legs out from under them and always stepping in, like you're actually doing them a disservice, even though it's pr yeah. probably very hard. I mean, it's not a parent. I got, we got a dog, but you know, and she's not going and talking to the principal or the coach. So like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's very hard to, to allow that to happen, that growth, but you know, it's, it's so massively important. Like you said, the correlation between the guys who are able to go in and advocate and talk for themselves and ask the coach questions. And that builds a bigger bond, a better bond between the coach and the player at the higher levels too. those guys that can do that. And that means something. And we always you know? appreciated that too. Like yeah, as a coach, we, we always appreciate it because at the end of the day, like, we all like the biggest thing for coach and players to be on the same page, like, like at least have the same expectations of, of walking out of that room and, and they know what to expect from me as a coach. And I know that they know that like, that's so massively important. And a lot of times, you know, as a coach, you're coaching 25 players. So you don't always get it right. And so when a player can come in and say, Hey coach, I'm having an issue with this. Like, let's talk about it. Then we can get on the same page and, and move forward from there. You know what I mean? Just makes so much it. sense. And so some of the other things that we talk about, like we talk about the 24 hour or the 48 hour rule, whatever, whatever it is, obviously youth hockey is emotional. Our kids make us emotional as parents. And so taking a little bit of time to like take a step back before approaching the coach. And then the other thing too, that we talk a lot about is like, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier was when you go in and talk to the coach, go in asking questions. 
don't like spit off demands and you should be doing this or should be doing that or whatever. Like go in there with, with, uh, like with the thought that I just want, let's come to common ground here. Let's find solutions for the issues that we're having. And, uh, and instead of like, you know, bombing across and saying, ah, you should have done this or whatever. Like, it's just ask questions. The goal of this is to be on the same page coming out of here. And to leave the room with more of an idea of what you need to do, not fighting with the coach. Cause he's the one who's going to make the decisions. Like he's the one who's got your playing time in his hands. He's the one who's deciding if you're on the first or the fourth line on the power play or not. Like, so it's more of like a service too. like, obviously what can I do to better help the team? What can I do to be better? Not why aren't you playing me? You catch more flies with honey or bees with honey or whatever that saying is, but you know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. Soliloquy. (laughs) Uh, Well, the other thing too is um, like if it's a mental health thing, as a parent, go talk to the coach. Like if your kid's not enjoying oh, yeah. coming to the practice, not enjoying coming to the rink, go talk to the coach because the coach has an influence on the kid for the positive or the negative. Maybe it's something that's happening at school that's affecting hockey, but maybe the coach, the, the kid likes the coach. So the coach can help him out, you know? So mental health, I think absolutely do it. Hockey wise, let the kid do it. Totally agree. Same page, baby. Same page, baby. All right. Ready to move on? Yep. So we've already kind of talked about this, but one of the sections that we have on here is called what's your why and always remembering what's your why, why did you put kids in youth hockey or youth sports in general? And uh, I just think that it's so important to step back sometimes and reflect on it because this youth hockey process journey, especially if you're aspiring to play at a higher level is insane. And there's so much confusion. There's so much information that a lot of times it's really healthy just to kind of take a step back and remember, Hey, like I put my kid in hockey because of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. What is your, I mean, we talk about it all the time, like almost to exhaustion, but like, it's literally that important that I don't even care going over it every single day in the gym on the podcast. Like I think that changes your life. The more that you always constantly think about what is your why? Yep. Yep. What's like, and what are your priorities? Like as a coach, I always tell my kids, like your priorities are number one, your family, number two, your academics. And then third is your hockey. And if you don't have number one and number two in order, first of all, you're, you're number three, you're not going to be able to play up to your potential at all. And also if you're not doing the work on the other two, I'm not going to let you play hockey. (laughs) Like if your grades are slipping, I like, you're not going to play. I'm not going to, take, take the time that you're supposed to be practicing hockey and put it back into your books because that's going to take you a lot farther. So like just the priorities. And then we also talk about in the parent survival guide, like a lot of the roadblocks that parents have to encounter that kind of take your why away from you, (laughs) you know, like the early professionalization and the, like all the BS uh, and the politics and and all the different stuff that gets in your way that kind of like takes your thinking away of why you actually put your kids in hockey, like to make friends and to be physically active and mentally fit. And, and like all these things that are important to kids growing up. Um, so we talk about some of those roadblocks and there's a lot of them. Um, and I just think that this is a really important section of the parent survival guide, because uh, again, at the end of the day, it is, 
Youth hockey is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And there's so many things that get in the way of really what's important for our kids in their youth hockey experience. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Why are you going to the rink every day? Why are you spending all this money to have your kid play hockey? Constantly be thinking about that. Not get caught up in the drama. Save the drama for your mama. (laughs) (laughs) That was a soliloquy. (laughs) Oh, booyah. Boom. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to like text us or message us. I'm Googling as soon as we get off this. I don't know how I'm going to spell it, but I'm going to try. (laughs) uh okay moving on uh next thing we're going to talk about here is the parent culture and how to produce a healthy parent culture because at the end of the day like i've seen and i'm sure a lot of parents that are listening to this right now have seen where even the kids like the kids can all get along and the kids can be really enjoying what they're doing but it all gets like just thrown away because the parent culture is terrible and people are trying to one up each other and there's people talking behind people's backs and it's just so negative and so unhealthy. So we talk about like how important number one, a parent culture is to the success and the well being of a kid of your kids and, and their team, but also like how to build a really good parent culture. So you can have a good experience because the experience of playing youth hockey is not just the kid's experience. It's your whole family's experience. I know for you and for my, for me, like our parents, they have lifelong friends from people that we played hockey with growing up. And so we talk about the ins and outs of that, why it's important and some different things that, that parents can do to enhance their own parent culture of their kid's hockey team. Yeah. I talked to my mom today and she literally went out to lunch with hockey parents from my double a and uh like house league and you know really young days like i was playing that when i was like eight years old you know it was uh carry the seven it was like 27 years ago you know (laughs) so she's still hanging out with those people today and and i remember on our mom's episode which still to this day is one of my probably top five episodes that we've ever done was with our moms um, we went over like how amazing the culture was on your, your Bantam AAA national championship team. And me as an outsider, just coming in town three or four times throughout that year and just seeing the parents hanging out. And I thought it was, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And I thought it was so cool and weird. Your team wins nationals that year, like, you know, chicken or the egg, but like they go together, you know, and all the parents had fun and all the kids had fun and, you know, I wasn't on the team, but I didn't see any drama. Like it was just, you know, that's how it should be. That's how youth sports should be. The one thing I will say, so since you brought that team up, like there was a lot of work put into that parent culture being as good as it was towards the end of the year, because it wasn't like that to start. There was oh, like, not oh, an accident. yeah, there was a lot of, you know, parents who thought their kids were top dog And they had been for a long time that all of a sudden there were a lot of parents who thought their kids were top dogs all on the same team. And there can only be one top dog right, (laughs) right, on a team. And so it, it was very intentional. I remember my parents and I still talk to my parents about this today because my dad was the assistant coach of the team. My mom was the manager and we had this crazy Russian coach who nobody knew what the hell was going on (laughs) because he was doing all this crazy stuff. So it very easily could have went the wrong way, but like the intentionality that 
was put into it by some of the people who knew both sides or whatever it may be, like it was huge. So I think you really have to work at a parent culture. And we talk about some of the things that you can do, putting parents in roles. So they all feel like they have a part of it. They feel like they're making an impact on the team. We talk about behavior in the stands and how important that is and how that can sink or swim a parent culture. We talk about how gossip starts and how toxic parental gossip and finger pointing can be. And so like, there's so many different things, like just like any culture of any business or sports team or whatever your little parent culture is a living breathing thing that can get better or worse every day based upon how people are treating each other and when you include everybody in the process everything from like team meals or making sure people are tailgating you know in the parking lot before the games or eating at the same places or meeting at the hotel bar on trips i mean like that stuff i feel like is so so important to the culture of an entire team and every parent's um, just enjoyment of the youth hockey journey. And so like, as we're talking, like that is something you have to work at. And then the parent survival guide, we give a lot of tips on how important those things is and what you can do to really build that. I love it. And I mean, if you listen to any fortune 500 company or any billionaire who owns companies, like the first thing they always talk about is the culture of their company. And like, you should just think of your, your child's team and the parents and, the coaches and the kids and going out to eat together like it's a little mini company that you want to have run as well as it can everyone to enjoy it everyone to succeed and what's at the basis of that culture and it obviously it starts with the parents the kids aren't driving themselves to the practices they're not paying for the dinners they're not driving to the dinners so yeah it's massively important to get that parent coach player that whole you know body of living organisms to work together <laughs> i love it <laughs> i can't see what i'm doing with my hands but you can oh boy okay let's move on all right um so the next thing uh the next section uh on here and this is in no particular order right now uh they're in a different order on the parent survival guide um but the next one i want to talk about is the car ride home and how important the car ride home is to your son or daughter's mental health and well-being and also their development as a hockey player. So we give a lot of different tips to what you can do to provide a positive car ride home. Um, when you think about your car ride home with your parents or you think about what's important for any car ride home for uh, all the parents that are listening, what, what to you is, is really, really kind of valuable? I mean, for me, it's letting the kid talk instead of you talking at them or uh, uh, reprimanding them, stuff like that. I mean, personally, I think that, that, you know, that's not good. It's not your job. That's the coach's job to be talking about that stuff. But I think what always worked for me was like letting my parents just kind of maybe giving me like a, a starter like, how'd you feel like you played? And then I would just talk and then they would talk with me. And it was probably almost like talking to a psychologist. Oh, well, why do you think that? Or like, you know, oh, Dan, I didn't have energy today. Well, why didn't you have energy today, Jeff? Did you, did you eat mac and cheese before the game? Or could you, could you have chosen something healthier? Or, you know, so it was way more like, like almost like a, like a therapy session versus them talking at me 
or, you know, like them being upset with me. Like as long as I get worked hard, like that's all they ever ask. Like, is your effort there? Were you a good teammate? That's pretty much all, all that they like really got into specifics. And other than that, it was, we'll talk about it if you want to talk about it. And if you don't, then we won't. Yeah. Yeah. Open the door, let them come in. Right. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's huge. And um, yeah, I think one of the, some of the things that we talk about, like don't play the blame game. Like the last thing you want to do is make excuses or point fingers. Like you want to teach your kid to take ownership of, of what they're doing. Teach your kid the, the importance of your team taking ownership and, and not, you know, placing blame on people. Another thing that we talk about is like when you're talking to your kids, focus on the effort and the enjoyment of it and not on like the execution of it. Like the execution side should come from the coach. Like the hockey stuff should always come from the coach. And, but like, Hey, like how much fun did you have today? <laughs> I loved watching you play. That's one thing that butcher grass when we had him on the podcast, who was always talking about, it's like, Hey, like tell your kids, you love watching them play. That is so massive it, for their enjoyment of what's going on. Right. So, um, you know, just, I, I just think creating a positive environment in the car ride home, not letting your kid make excuses, not letting your kid play the blame game. If your kid has an issue with the coach, like, say, okay, you have an issue with the coach, go talk to your coach. <laughs> Don't like let them make excuses and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. So there's just so many great, and one of the best parts about us, and I haven't even said this for the other ones that we've talked about, but like, not for nothing, but like we had Marty St. Louis on our podcast, talk about his car ride home with his parents after his games. He is a hall of famer. We had Jana Hefford talk about her car ride home with her parents, she is a hockey hall of famer. And our conversations about the car ride home that we had on the podcast are actually in the parent survival guide. So we actually clipped them out and we put them in there. So for everybody that purchases it and goes through it, like they'll be able to hear Marty St. Louis and how important the car ride home was with, with his parents. And same with Jana Hefford, who's one of the top women's hockey players of all time. So again, this isn't just coming from us. Again, we wanted a lot of this information to come from let's call them experts <laughs> in the field. Um, and uh, it just, yeah, the car ride home is so massively important and like a positive car ride home versus a negative car ride home can do so much good or damage to kids. In my opinion, it's not even close. That's uh, so true. And I, you know, I've seen those, those parents who like go after their kids after a game because they didn't get points or they didn't think they played well or whatever. And then you see those kids like literally like hating their parents, like hating coming out after the game. If, if they know their dad was in the stands, you know, you know, like making angry faces and stomping his feet or whatever, like they they don't want to come out of the locker room. And it's, it's really sad to see. And it's just such a different experience in their youth hockey lives. And you and I had, and I, I feel really bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, there's an interesting like debate about it because I actually had a, uh, a talk with an NHL coach about this. And it was like, when you're talking to your kids, like how much do you push them? Right? Like how much do you challenge them? And I think it all, like we talked about it for a long time and what we kind of came to an agreement on was like, you, you can challenge them a lot if they want to be challenged. Like if they, if they're, I, I have these hopes and dreams and like, you know, I want to wake up at 5am and shoot pucks and all this kind of stuff. Like you can be a sounding board and you can be like their accountability, buddy to be like, Hey, you said that you wanted to do this. Here you go. Like do this, but it's not like you have to do this 
to be because I'm living vicariously through you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I think you can challenge and push on the effort side of things. If kids really have a dream and they want to do it, you can like be there to kind of challenge and push in the right way. Um, it, it does, but like in the right way, you know, hundred percent. And that's just like, also like a learning thing. And I was having this conversation with a college coach, um, that I trained in the gym two days ago we were just talking about some kids or something like some teen, you know, 18 years old, like kids who come in and it's the same thing that tell me, you know, Hey, I want to play division one hockey. I want to play in the USHL. And then I ask him what they ate on the weekend, or I ask him how much sleep they got this whole week, or I ask him this or that. And all of their answers do not go in line with their goals. Right. And I'm like, and I call them out. I'm like, don't, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. Don't look me in the eye and tell me that, that you want something and then do everything against what everyone who's been to that level or knows, you know, what they're looking for at that level is telling you to do to get to that level. And then you be upset when, 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 you know, we tell you, Hey, like you're not going in line with your goals. Like that's obviously okay. But yeah, the, the, the opposite what you were talking about, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So car ride home, really, really important. Awesome. Awesome topic that we get to talk about on this parent survival guide. Uh, the next one we can talk about is life skills and the life skills that our kids learn from having the opportunity to play at this great game of hockey. And in the parent survival guide, we talk about the why, like why can hockey teach and how can hockey teach your kids these life skills that will benefit them for much longer than their hockey careers will last them. And so we talk about the importance of resiliency, like hockey can teach you resiliency. We talk about the importance of being like understanding what it means to be a part of a team and how hockey can teach you that creativity. Hockey can teach you creativity and, and problem solving. Hockey can teach you the ability to take ownership, the ability to have consistency, all of these things. And when I go through, I think 10 to 12 of them, 10 to 12 life skills that this great game teaches our kids. And I, I encourage, and I would encourage all the parents to talk about these things with their kids um, and how hockey can teach them these life skills. So I, I'll pose the question to you and maybe I have it on the parents survival guide. Maybe I don't, but like, what do you think were the biggest life skills that you learned from playing hockey? Give me like uh, two or three. Number one, resiliency uh number two if i want something it's literally up to me it's not up to anyone else like so ownership that's the, right yeah that's by far without a doubt if i want something it is literally up to me whether i can achieve that or not no one else literally up to me uh, that's the biggest thing i got out of hockey without a doubt yeah i love that i think yeah. for me too resiliency is number one no question uh, no question. Number one, hockey journeys, especially to where we got to, they do not come without huge highs and huge lows as well. <laughs> so having, and then in life, there's a lot of huge highs and, and huge lows too. And for me, I think one of the biggest ones was just learning what it means to be a part of a team. I just, there, there's so much that goes into it. I'm, I'm literally obsessed with that. Like I'm obsessed with team building. Like it is a passion of mine. I love reading about it. I love doing team building exercises with people. I actually got my first team building exercise with, uh, um, I did it with Accenture, the huge consulting company. So I got the chance to do it with them, which was unreal because with people outside of the hockey world or the sports world, it, it gives you a bigger perspective. I know you've done that as well. So 
Um, awesome. That was fun. But like just learning how to be a part of a team, we're going to be a part of a team our entire lives and in our families um, in the, the professions that we choose to, to do very few of us are, you know, lone wolves that, that do things on our own. We always rely on, on other people. So, uh, those for me are huge. And we talk about the relevant life skills that, that hockey can teach us, why they're important, how you can teach them all that kind of stuff. And, uh, life skills is what it's all about. Kind of goes back to what's your why, what's your why too, right? hundred percent. I mean, I, hockey's literally, hockey literally changed my life and, post-hockey career the only reason I have success have had success or whatever uh, done what I've done is because of what I learned in hockey it's not because of hockey it's what I learned from hockey totes my goats absolutely (laughs) all right moving on the next one uh that I want to talk about is the importance of playing multiple sports and I just think that it's such a hot button topic that needs to be talked about because it is so important to the physical and mental health of of our kids and so we talk about why playing multiple sports are important um and obviously i think the big the biggest ones are injury prevention and the decrease in burnout and then another one is there's a lot of research out there that shows you that playing multiple sports can provide your kids transferable skills that they'll be able to use when they uh when they play hockey and i was actually listening to a podcast today Um, And they were talking about how NHL players, a lot of them, especially in Europe, played soccer. And the reason why they play soccer is for like the give and go aspect. And like the most important person on the field is the next person who's going to get the ball, not the person with the ball and like ball support, which we would call puck support and all that kind of stuff. So multiple sports is, is huge. We talk about why we talk about maybe if you do want to specialize when uh, to do it. And uh, I just think for you as a, as a uh, strength and conditioning coach, trainer, whatever it is, extraordinaire that we want to call you, I, I'm sure this one is right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, and it's actually something I was just talking to uh, with one of my business partners who I work with for my on ice stuff for my guys, Jamal Mayers. Um, unreal guy played a long 20 years in the NHL or something Stanley Cup winner and uh, we had this conversation talking about how it's harder and harder for kids to play multiple sports so you have to find other ways if they are going to specialize earlier in hockey like how to bring that in with the team whether it's playing spike ball before practice or soccer and I was talking to Narado about spike ball he was telling me the Red Wings played it for like 45 minutes today or yesterday because I was telling him it is my new favorite game. My pros that I'm training right now who are back from the bubble and stuff, they literally play spike ball every day. Every day we have a tournament. And it is it is so good for hockey. You, you learn so many skills or practice so many skills, um, so many intangibles that will make you better on the ice from a little game like spike ball. And I look at that as just like a, a, a micro um, example to all sports. There's so many things you can learn by playing other sports that will make you a better hockey player, will make you a better athlete, make you a better person by just giving you more perspective. Maybe it just makes you like hockey more because you're like, man, I played baseball and I did soccer and that is boring. That was me. I played that stuff to like sixth grade and I was like, man, baseball's boring. Like I want to, I just want to be in the rink. So it made my passion for hockey grow more by playing another sport. So there's, there's just countless reasons why you should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and the biggest one, I shouldn't say the biggest one because they're they're all big, but like the the burnout factor I think is huge too. Like being able to 
get away from hockey and play other sports and maybe even play other sports that like, aren't, you're not as serious in just to do it for fun. Like with your friends, you know what I mean? Like, because again, like the professionalization of hockey is getting younger and younger by the year. We were talking before this about like people recruiting kids in diapers, <laughs> you know, like to, to play on youth teams and stuff. And it just, it becomes so serious so fast that kids need another outlet to get away from it all. So they can learn to like, as Reed Lowe said on our podcast, when we had him on former NHL player, like people have to learn to miss the game. They have to be excited that the season is going to start, not okay. Oh gosh, the season starts now. We got to like start to play well so I can make the NHL or whatever. And so I just like the, the, the burnout one for me is, is so, so big and having multiple sports and multiple outlets and things to do outside of hockey. Um, huge, absolutely huge. Same page, bruh. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on the next thing that we want to talk about. And this one, I got a little help on this section from a one Jeffrey J who Levechkio and we, there's no Becchio. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we talk about off ice training. And uh, so rather than just the typical video, like, and we were, I'm talking about a bunch of different stuff. Jeff actually came on and did this one with me. And we talk about off ice training, when to start off ice training, what's important for off ice training. What are some myths, some myths that need to be debunked about off ice training. And this was a fun one to just be able to kind of like do a little bit of a podcast (laughs) uh, between the two of us and um and talk about it because again i get questions about it all the time and i'm sure as a trainer you get questions every day about this stuff so it's good to to walk the parents through just the importance of the off-ice training and how to go about doing it the right way with you and because it changed my game and my life um that's what i do now for a living so um, I was ha- really happy to, to do that for you and help the parents out and the players and everyone who, who goes through this uh, parent guidebook because it, it's, man, like I, I talked about on earlier podcasts where there were like junior teams hiring CrossFit coaches to run their, their workouts all season and like the coaches weren't talking to the on-ice coaches and they're having guys run two miles and do like maximum amount of burpee tests in 10 minutes right after a full hockey practice where the boys probably burned 750 to a thousand calories and it's just like you know you got to do things off the ice that supplement you and make you better on the ice like mike boyle said on our podcast you got to fill up the empty buckets in season especially um so you can get so much better by doing the correct things and you can actually really hurt yourself by doing the incorrect things from an energy standpoint, from a burnout standpoint, from not doing enough standpoint when other guys are doing more, if you're really trying to make it to that next level. So, uh, you know, we covered a lot of topics and I think it's going to help people with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like there, there is certainly a working smarter (laughs) aspect to, to off ice training. It's not just about gritting your teeth and working hard because that potentially can be dangerous if you're doing things the wrong way and you can get injured so yeah it was fun to ask you a bunch of questions about the importance of it and and what to do and and stuff so thanks for doing that man appreciate it i got you bro (laughs) Uh, okay moving on here next one we want to talk about and this is a huge one and that is the costs of hockey we talk about the costs of hockey and (laughs) why they are where they are 
give some perspective on the reasons why it's so expensive uh, in a lot of different areas. Uh, we talk about equipment, like equipment. Fi- by the way, the equipment stuff. How amazing was that podcast we did last week with Drew Lane? He's the man. What, he's what he's a, legitimately the man. What a, what a guy. Like, what a guy. Just dropping dropping the hammer on the big companies to to sell their products for way lower. I love that guy. What a beauty. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to our podcast from last week, we did it with Drew Lane, who runs this Facebook group called, called Hockey Deals and Discounts. And basically what he's done is he's built a business model where he's created this community of over 40,000 hockey families. And he uses that community to go and solicit deals with um, like mid-level hockey equipment companies and gets our families great prices on them. So they're not paying $300 for a stick that should cost, that costs these companies $40 to make hello margins. Wow. Um, so I encourage everybody like go to hockey deals and discounts on Facebook. It's an amazing marketplace and it's an amazing community that Drew has built there. And if, go and listen to our podcast because he, because we get into the thick of <laughs> how backwards the equipment industry is and uh, gives you some perspective, but also gives you some tangible ways to like buy better equipment for less of a price as well. Yeah. I mean, what he's done is unbelievable. And what some of these companies do is irrehensible. No, that's not a word. Reprehensible. Reprehensible. Thank you. Soliloquy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's reprehensible, man. Like just jacking up. I mean, I'm, I'm all for capitalism and stuff, but at the same time, like $8 billion for the newest stick that breaks in eight seconds. Like, come on guys, let's, let's figure it out here. Try and tell me hockey's for everyone. Figure it out. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about in this part of the parent survival guide is the costs and like why they are so expensive. You talk about equipment fees, you talk about ice fees and why those are so expensive, especially in different parts of the country and, um, talk about coaches fees, travel. We talk about like, there's just, there's so many things that have made our sport extremely, extremely expensive. So we provide, the people and the parents a perspective on why it's that way and, and how you can potentially find a way to get your costs down as, uh, as you're playing youth hockey or as your kids are playing youth hockey. Cause I think about it, like I got two kids and if they want to play high level hockey, like I just like looking at the numbers, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and that they're going to start playing high. They're three and one years old. So it's not going to be for a while, but if I would imagine prices will probably be going up, they're not going down. So just thinking about what it might be, it's just like, it's insane, dude. It's absolutely insane. So we talk a lot on this parent survival guide about the costs and, uh, and what you can do to potentially lower them. I would love to lower them now. So I'm going to have to <laughs> meow. read that. Meow. <laughs> Don't drink uh, milk from a saucer. <laughs> meow. Let's listen here, meow. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but somebody <laughs> put the the happy Gilmore up and down and around and flow and they tagged they at least tagged me I was dying when that was awesome yeah I saw that the reference from our last podcast amazing so amazing for sure um okay moving on so we talked about costs we just got a couple more left and so the next one we'll talk about this is a little bit more towards like um you know we wanted to do stuff on this parent survival guide that everybody can use 
uh, whether you're a mite and you're just getting into it or whether you're a junior hockey family that there's kids trying to figure out how to get to the highest level that they can. So one of the things that we talk about is junior hockey and we talk about how important it is to, to play at the higher levels. We talk about um, major junior uh, versus going the college route. So major junior versus like playing in the USHL or the BC league or the North American league and the differences there. Um, we talk about like the different junior leagues and the amount and the numbers of like where kids are going from which league to division one hockey or to division three hockey. Cause um, a huge, like I'm an 18 U coach right now. And a huge question that I get is like, where do I go play junior hockey and what's the best league to go to if I want to play at X school, if I want to play division three or whatever it is. So um, we talk about the numbers of the lead, of the kids going from each league into division one or division three hockey. Uh, we, uh, a couple of the podcasts that we did. So I had first talk about remember our, our conversation with him. He was one of the top five that we've had in terms of the amount of people that have downloaded them and him talking about like college hockey and how great it can be. And then we had Mike McKenzie on who is the head coach of the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. So he talks about the benefits of playing major junior hockey or OHL hockey. So um, just a lot of different information at junior hockey, I feel like is the most confusing thing for parents to grasp because there's no other sport that really has junior hockey. You kind of go from high school, maybe you do a gap year, maybe you do a PG year in prep school, but you're basically going from high school to college and hockey. That's just not the case. Most kids that are playing division one hockey and pretty much all kids that are playing division three hockey are playing at least one or two years of junior hockey before they're going. So it's almost like a necessity to, to understand that process. So I think it was really, really important in this parent survival guide to talk about junior hockey, what it is, how to get there and all that kind of stuff. So the kids that do aspire to play at the college level, at the professional level, they have an understanding of, of just what it means and, and, and how important it is to get to that level. Yeah, this is probably one of the hardest parts about my job where Cause like, I don't just train the kids. Like I try and mentor them through all of this crazy hockey world. And the hardest part is, is getting to juniors and getting there, making a team. What league do I need an advisor? Do I need to go to this league? Should I go to that league? You know, did I got tendered in this league? Can I go to that one? Like there's, it's a, it's a crazy wacko like journey, the junior hockey experience for most kids, especially the kids who aren't just like, tender to the ushl and then make the team which is very few and far between um it's it it is crazy like no one else understands it like i remember people chirping me like oh you're not going to college you got to wait a year and i'm like yeah man i'm trying to get like a over a hundred thousand dollar scholarship which i did like you know like that that's why i'm doing it you know and that is the goal and some parents don't understand that and it's like well once you quit hockey, you can never go back. So if your goal is to try and play college hockey, you might have to take a gap year or two, but you'll, you'll never look back on it and be like, well, I didn't try, you know, which is really, you know, no one likes regrets. So yeah, yeah, it is a weird, a very weird thing to navigate. And it's tough for parents too, that like, don't know hockey and have never been through it because they're like, wait, you have to wait two more years after you're done with high school to go like to go they don't get it and like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it you know it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense but 
it's the world we live in and colleges are, are, they want older teams. Now they want kids to play. Like I think about junior hockey and I think about playing multiple years of junior hockey and how beneficial that can be for a kid's hockey and personal development. Like that first year you're getting your feet wet. It takes a long time to get your feet wet. You got to learn how to be a follower. You got to learn how to be a rookie. And then that next year you learn how to be a leader and you learn the importance of, of that side of it. And so I think there is, and we had uh, Todd Connaught, um, who's the uh, associate head coach at Mankato, where Mike Hastings played. And he talks about, we love taking two-year players because they have the ability to be leaders, you know, and they, they understand what it means to be a part of a team a little bit more and stuff like that. So the junior hockey landscape, it, it is, it can be very confusing. And that's why we wanted to put it on this parent survival guide. So parents had a little bit more perspective of, of just that process. And, and it's a necessity, like it just, whether you like it or whether you're not, whether you don't, kids are playing junior hockey before they get to college hockey. And it's a necessity for parents to learn about it. Right. Because like, the more you know, the less stressed out you'll be when your kid goes through it. I mean, it's still going to be extremely stressful for sure, no matter what. Uh, but you should definitely educate yourself on that process because there are a lot of ins and outs. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. We got a couple more here, a couple more, uh, the next one. And this is, this is another one. A huge question that I get is, should I get an advisor? <laughs> so we go through again in this parent survival guide. Uh, I shouldn't say, I don't think I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it at the beginning, but haven't in a while now. So if you want to get this parent survival guide, go to the hockey think tank.com and there's a tab right there on the front page. It says parents, it's a big button. Uh, so click on that button and it'll get you right to this course and take you right through it. So, and I should say we wanted to make it very, very, affordable and accessible for all the families out there. So we're doing it for only 25 bucks. And because we love you all, we're going to throw in a discount code as well of 20% off. So if you put in the code hockey at checkout, you actually get it for only 1999. So 20 bucks for parents that want to do this. And we're also working out a deal where we're going to do it for teams as well. So it's 1999 for individuals. And if you want to purchase this for an entire team of parents, it's just 199 bucks. So you're getting a huge deal on, uh, on being able to do it for everybody. And I think, I honestly think like, you know, me, you know me well enough that I'm not going to do something like this unless I think it's going to make a huge impact on the hockey world. Put in so many hours and doing a lot of these videos and clipping them and editing them. And our cousin Vinny has done an amazing job in putting it all together and stuff and getting it up on the site and everything. And uh, I just think this is a huge value add for any parent that is looking to understand the youth hockey process a little bit more. Um, and with that, one of the biggest questions, like I said, that we get is advisors. Like, do I need an advisor? When do I need an advisor? What do advisors do? All of that kind of stuff. And we walk people through that process on this. And I think it could be one of the most valuable things that, you know, especially people in their teens <laughs> can get to, because it seems like the advisors are getting kids younger and younger and younger every year as well. So uh, it's a huge piece of it. And advisors, one piece of advice for parents when it comes to advisors, Jeff Levecchio, go. Ask you for money up front, run. <laughs> that's the first thing they talk to you about, run. Yep. Seriously, that's, if that's the first thing that they talk to you about, literally run. Yep. 
Yep. And there's different kinds of advisors too, right? There's like the NHL certified agents, you know, the people who are not making any money off of kids um, and with the hopes that one day they're going to sign an NHL contract, they call it an extended, I'm doing air quotes, extended interview period, <laughs> you know, where these are people who are NHL PA certified, um, you know, they're working with NHL GMs and negotiating contracts and all this stuff, but unfortunately, and they would even tell you, unfortunately, the recruiting process starts way too young and it starts at, you know, 14 even 13 at times years old. And it's just absolutely crazy. And then there's other family advisors who actually get paid for their services. And we walk you through the difference between the two um, and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, when they talk money right up front, you know what they're about, right? Yeah. And if they're like, Oh, give me, give me three grand and I'll, I'll work with your kid till he gets to college, but your kid's playing, you know, double a, he's the seventh defenseman on a double a team. Like, uh, eh, <laughs> eh. yeah yeah and that's one of the biggest things that we talk about on the parent survival guide is uh just how to how to get a good one like and what's the i don't want it to sound like there are not there are t- i know tons of good ones a hundred percent they're not the ones saying give me three thousand dollars and i'll i'll have your kid till he gets to college and basically just calling their friends to get them a tryout. And that's all they do. They're not actually advising. They're not providing any value. Um, Those are not the ones you want to be with. Yeah. And we talk about that on the parent survival guide, like do your research on these people, like do all their kids filter into two or three teams in one or two leagues, because again, that's like who their friends are. And they're probably getting a kickback from that team for sending the kid to the tryout that happens all the time. Or like, do these people, these advisors have multiple contacts in multiple leagues and have sent kids all over the place because there's so many different right fits for different kids in terms of leagues and teams and coaches and all that kind of stuff. And I think the biggest thing, and I talk about this on the parents of Bible the biggest thing is you want somebody that's honest. If you're, if you're going through the process of trying to figure out the right advisor for your kid, run from the people who are telling you what you want to hear and telling you how good your kid is and all of that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. You want the advisor that's going to be honest with you. Like if there's no colleges that are looking at them, they will say there are no colleges looking at them. They, and then they will get feedback from the, from the people who are watching them saying, this is what these people want to see for you to be on their prospect list, whether it's a junior team or a college team or whatever. So like, you want people in your corner that are honest with you because if they're honest with you, they're probably going to be honest with the people at the higher levels of hockey, which is what we value the most. We want advisors that are going to tell us the truth about kids. They're going to tell us the truth about their families. Is the, is, you know, are the parents crazy or are the parents good salt of the earth people, you know? And so that honesty and transparency in the process, like is so, so important. And we walk you through just how to go through what are the right questions to ask um, and, and all of that kind of stuff. I feel like that's just um, just questions that we get so much. And again, it's a part of it that like, it's kind of new, like having advisors is kind of new in the game. Like it was kind of there when we were there, but it was more just like agents that we talked to when we were getting close to signing contracts or getting close to like college kind of thing. Now it's like, you know, these, these advisors are helping people get on Bantam teams because they're so freaking young when they're talking to them. Um, so yeah. So like, we'll walk you through the process and it is a confusing one. It's, and the advisors would even, and the agents would even tell you that it's confusing for them. 
like it's confusing for them too, because it's changing so much. So, um, and we have some advisors that we had and some agents that we had at our conference a couple of years ago that have given some really good little tidbits about what an advisor should do. So it's just, I think it's very, very valuable for all the parents who, you know, have, uh, have questions about if it's necessary and, and how to go about the process. Yeah, that's that's a big one. I, that's the question I probably get the most. Is it really? It's juniors and advisors. I literally got a text from a guy today who plays in the NA and the North American Hockey League. So like one of the best junior leagues in the US asking about advisors and how we should who we should talk to and stuff like that. So this is a guy who's already on an NHL team and he's he's asking me about advisors now. So, you know, it's it's a question I get weekly. Yeah. Yep. So we walk you through the process. And then the last one we're going to talk about here, I think we've covered them all. Um, I've been checking them off here as we go, but the last one we talk about is the college recruiting process and what that entails because uh, so many kids that are coming up through the U S and, and Canada too, especially like, I just think it's so valuable to understand what that process is if you want and aspire to get to that level. So what we talk about in this parent survival guide, we talk about, first of all, the recruiting rules, because there are rules to NCAA recruiting uh, that the schools have to abide by. And they've actually been pushed back a little bit. So it's a little bit older when they can have their first contact with you. So that's great. So we go through the recruiting rules. We go through what scouts look for in players when they're evaluating hockey Uh, I talk about and I go through extensively like what the process is as a recruiter and how we go about our information gathering because people are shocked to find out, but it's so true that as a recruiter, like 90% of our job is done before we even watch you play. Like we know your character, we know your grades, we know what your coach says about you, we know what your previous coach said about you. Because when we go and we evaluate talent, especially like at these big showcases and stuff, like we want to know who the players are that have potential to be a part of what we're doing. So we do a lot of research uh, beforehand. And like my day as a college recruiter, most of it was spent on the phone, building relationships with people and talking to families and talking to advisors and talking to all these different people where we can get information on your kid, right? So like we take you through, we give you a little bit of a window into what that process looks like, because I think that perspective can give a lot of people, it can like paint a, a better picture of what it looks like, um, seeing it from behind the curtains. Um, and like, I think another thing that we talk about that is really, really important. It's a question that I get asked all the time is like, how do we reach out to schools? Should we be reaching out to schools? Is that something that we like we should be doing to, and I absolutely, you should be your own best advocate for yourself as well. And so I talk about how to do that. Like, don't write a five paragraph essay about yourself. Keep it short. Like I give you a, a sample email of kind of like what it should look like. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, again, it's a confusing piece of the puzzle for a lot of parents. And so we walk you through what that process looks like. And uh, I think it could be really valuable for them. Yeah. I mean, you alone, I've connected you with, uh, a couple of my guys who were started to reach out to schools over yeah. the last year or two years, and you help them kind of formulate an email for, for a couple of different Ivy league schools and non Ivy league schools. And it's so funny because like, you know, me not have been on that side of the college recruiting. Like I want them to put in information about themselves. And you're like, man, you got to keep it short. 
got to get a ton of these, got to keep it short. So it's like, even though you want to tell them about yourself, you got to find a way to do it in kind of a specific format. So it's not like they open up the email and they're like, Jesus, this guy wrote a novel and he just (laughs) doesn't even read it. You know what I mean? So um, that's going to be very helpful to a lot of parents. Totally. Totally. And one of the other things that we did. um, So we've been doing this 10 questions, YouTube series um, on YouTube And one of the 10 question series that I did was with, in my opinion, three of the top recruiters in college hockey and Steve Miller at Ohio state, Benny Sire, who I worked with at Cornell and then Todd Connaught at uh, Mankato. And so we had like an hour long conversation about college hockey recruiting. And I took a little snippet out of it and putting in this, put it in this parent survival guide. And the question that I asked them was if you had one piece of advice as a college hockey recruiter and as some of the top, college recruiters in the history of the game. If you had one piece of advice that you wanted to give to parents, what would that advice be? And they're just, you know, this is coming from, you talk about experts in the field, like these guys have recruited championship teams. And uh, in my opinion, are, are some of the best in the game and in the history of the game based upon their, their track record of kids that they've recruited and how their teams have done. And so like, again, it goes back to this parent survival guide. It isn't just my advice um, I'd like to think I can give some pretty good advice, but we also wanted to bring in some people who can provide even better perspective and, and these three college assistants talking about the advice that they would give to kids and to families. It's just, it, again, it's so, so valuable and can paint a great perspective for anybody that's looking to learn about the college process. Love it. Don't, don't be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> nope that's our goal right we never want to be the smartest guy in the room we always want to be the dumbest guy in the room and learn from the smartest guys so we can get a little bit better every day i don't know if i'd go so far as to say i want to be the dumbest guy in the room but yeah, i don't want to be the smartest guy in the room <laughs> you know what i mean shut up <laughs> shut up man um but hey, so I think this was fun. This was fun going through this thing. And uh, again, we put so much work into this, like anything that I put out into the world, especially if it's going to cost some money, I want to make sure that it's a huge value add for people. We do a ton of stuff for free. And this is one of the few things that we do that, uh, that has a cost. But again, 20 bucks, and you're going to hopefully be so much less stressed as a hockey parent and just be able to provide the support and anything necessary for your, for your kid to enjoy their experience. And if they do have dreams of playing high level hockey, help them to put them in an opportunity in a situation where they're going to be able to do that. So um, if you want to do this again, we think it's a, it's a great product. Go to the hockey think tank.com, click the big parent button. That'll be right there on the front page and it'll take you to this course. Uh, there's going to be a lot of videos. There's going to be a lot of, uh, even from our podcast, some snippets from the people that we've brought on and, uh, really, really encourage you to do it. So it is out right now, head on over to the hockey think tank.com and, uh, and get it today. You better do it or else. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I truly do think it'll be helpful. I mean, I know all the help that, that you've given a lot of my guys over the last, you know, nine years, just talking to you constantly. And this is something that's invaluable and 20 bucks. It's going to last these parents. I mean, they could buy this thing when their kid's 13 and keep reading it all the way through college hockey. And it, it's going to benefit them year after year. 
Absolutely, man. So we just want to, again, that's why we do this podcast. We want to make the hockey world a better place and really feel like this parent survival guide is a piece of doing that. Uh, we went through a lot of the stuff here today on this podcast. So hopefully this podcast gave you some perspective and can help you. Um, but I guarantee you that this parent survival guide can do that times 10 to what we talked about here today. Um, so head on over to the hockeythinktank.com, click on the parent button and it will take you right there. And uh, before we end this podcast, we got to say our thank yous. Want to thank Gel Sticks, our title sponsor. Actually, talked to John Lounsbury here this morning. What a guy! Uh, Gel Sticks, such a great training aid. Uh, it's a weighted training stick for anybody out there trying to get a better shot. Or Jeff even uses them in the gym to do a bunch of different stuff as well. So thank you to Gel Sticks. Go to gelsticks.com, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Use the coupon code THINKTANK, one word, to get a discount on those trading weight sticks. Uh, train Heroic. Jeff, you want to take this one? You train Heroic, boys? Yeah, thanks to Train Heroic, who uh, I have – all of my workouts on I have all my in-person in the gym clients from pros to kids and now I have three junior teams I'm working with um, that are USHL USPHL and NOJHL teams that I'm training via the app super clean super easy just want to thank uh, thank Josh one of the founders over there for hooking me up with them and uh, being able to help a lot of people in a much 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 cheaper way uh, than having an in-person strength coach. So thank you, boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as always, our most important thank you is to you, the listeners. We love you guys. Uh, it's why we continue to, to put the work into doing these podcasts. It's hard to even call it work because we enjoy it so much. Um, but we just appreciate you guys so much. And if you can, please continue to help us spread the word. Uh, if you think we're doing a service for the hockey community and we're making your life a little bit easier as you're navigating the youth hockey process, or if you just want to hear some awesome hockey guys, and I'm talking about our guests, I'm not talking about us, but some awesome hockey guys and girls and women. We've had awesome women to come on the podcast to talk about hockey as well. Um, if you can continue to help us spread the word by sharing us to your friends, sharing us on social media, uh, shooting us ratings and reviews on iTunes or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast today, we would so appreciate that at the end of the day, we love you and we wouldn't be doing this without you. And, uh, we hope you really enjoyed this podcast and we hope you have a great day.